0: Welcome to the Outward OPC podcast. Outward OPC is a work of the Committee on Home Missions, and it exists to encourage zeal for reaching the lost and to be a tool for the OPC and other Reformed churches to be more effective in reaching people outside the church. You can check out the website at outwardopc.com for articles, videos, and tools to help you and your church be more outward in your ministry. Now on with today's episode. Brad Herzog here for Outward OPC. Today I have with me Jonathan Landry Cruz. Jonathan is the pastor of Community Presbyterian Church and OPC Church in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, Jonathan, it's great to have you here. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, we always know that people are going to get to know you well as we start talking. So I'm just going to kind of jump right in with a topic and a question. So I'm going to I'm going to play off uh, the 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 film. Uh, background for for both you and Carrie Ann. It, it strike it sure. strikes me that uh, if you're if you're film students, you are to some degree students of story and narrative as a sort of mm-hmm. structure of communication and what it does to the brain and what it does to the body and those types of things. Um, does that film background for you in particular play into how you communicate? I'm I'm turning from doing life now to thinking more about pulpit and teaching. Um does mm-hmm. that background yep. and story play into how you communicate and if so which I know the answer is yes uh how does it play in and how do you work that out or or how does it shape you as a communicator
1: yeah well you're right the answer is yes absolutely um you know go back to my college days undergrad days so i you know i i tr- um changed majors out of film because i was seeing my my friends um how passionate they were about this industry or, or I should say about the art that they were willing to do what it, <laughs> what it take to get through the industry. And I didn't have that, right. Cause it's so cutthroat. And I just thought, why should I keep studying this? If, if I'm not getting, when, you know, once, once I get like, I, I don't have an interest in moving to LA and being a waiter and all that stuff. Um, and they did. And a number of them have, have, have um, garnered some success in their various fields in the film world. And I'm happy for them, but I didn't have that. So I switched to um, communications and creative writing was the minor, but it was, it was kind of just like a, I had a lot of the credits already for it. I didn't know. I just needed to get a degree, but it was in that time that I felt the call to ministry in particular. It was the, the teaching aspect. I'd never done that. I'd never done any public speaking, but I had an internship at a a church in Philadelphia with a youth group and they had a sizable youth group or they gave me the opportunity as the intern to teach at their gathering, their weekly gathering. So it's kind of like a sermonette, so to speak. And when I put that together, I was like, oh, this clicks for me. You know, the first time I'd ever taught a lesson or or gave a talk, um, because I found I was using a lot of that same, it was almost like muscle memory, same skills, um, same interests and and everything that I was utilizing when I was coming up with stories and, and, you know, writing them down, screenplays and, Than making these videos for, for college, it was the same thing. Um, Just kind of, it was a different medium. So what I loved most about film, what made me go into film is, you're right, story. It wasn't, it wasn't the technical aspect, um, you know, lighting or, or editing, that kind of, it was the story. I, I didn't have to give that up at all. And so um, I, I do think of that still when I, when I get into the pulpit, or I should say maybe more when I'm in the study writing the sermon, I'm thinking about yes, you know, you're, you're exegeting the text as faithfully as you can, but always in, in the, the foreground of my mind is how would I present this in a compelling way? Um, I want, I want people to be on the edge of their seats. You know, I want them to be, I want this to be interesting. I want this to be not entertaining, but interesting, you know, to draw them in. And I think any good preacher wants that too. Right. Um, and we have the, in one sense, we have the easiest job. How can you make this story more interesting? It is the greatest story of all time. And I get, I get paid to to tell it over and over again, twice a week, actually morning and evening on Sundays, you know, um, it's the same story of, of God taking on flesh, you know, um, to, to live the life we were meant to live and to pull us up out of the pit that we had dug for ourselves to raise us to the heights with him, uh, that's, that's in there in every text that, you know, and getting people to that is, is a joy. Um, so I do think a lot when I'm prepping my sermons about like illustrations and stories, feeling, feeling what, when does, when does there need to, when do we need to slow down a little bit and let this breathe um, and maybe throw in an illustration or two um, or when, when do we need to just kind of ramp it up and and build the momentum to, to get to the point? Um, so, yeah, I, I'm sure every preacher in his own way is thinking about those kinds of things. But for me, it definitely kind of plays out similar to how it played out, you know, when I was at Temple um, making short films.
0: But it strikes me that you said um, interesting, not entertaining, which is a great distinction. But then you also said, yeah, I want people on the edge of their seats. I don't think that would be a common answer. From a lot of pastors, in terms of if I said, you know, how, how do you think about your sermon? How do you think about how you're presenting it? I don't think the survey would would ring it very high. Of I want people on the edge of their seats. Can you? Can you? I, I love it. I, I you yeah. might be able to tell I'm a, I'm a big story guy. Uh, in terms of not just telling stories, yeah. but the dynamic of how story works. Can you just flesh out a little bit? Maybe maybe it doesn't have to be a, a concrete example, but what are you thinking about when you say I want people on the edge of your uh, on the edge of their seats? I get it that the the gospel is an yeah. enlivening story, but there's it's also coming through a man, which isn't always the most enlivening reality. So how
1: how do you how right. do you do Absolutely. that? Absolutely. <laughs> wow, that's a great question. Yeah, I, I am sure that a lot of it is uh, caught, not taught, so to speak, and um, my background just kind of lends to it. And if I gave it some some more concerted reflection. I could give you maybe a different answer or or, I mean, a a, a kind of a a more fleshed out answer, but what comes to mind is that this is just a a general principle. There's in my mind, you know, there's (laughs) apart from heterodoxy and, and outright heresy, which I don't believe happens often in the OPC. Thank God for that. um, To, to, for a preacher to get up and be boring is one of the the greatest tragedies of um, ministry. How can how can you make this message boring? Yes, what would be worse would be to be um, uh, heretical, but we have a lot of orthodox preachers in the Reformed world. They say everything is true, it is is dry as a bone, and it's and it's just is. It's almost torturous to listen to, and I. Why does it have to be either, or it doesn't have to be either, or now the moment, and this is why I made the point of the distinction between interesting and entertaining, right? The moment you are more interested or or more concerned with making sure people are um, not bored with it. That's when you get into entertaining entertainment, right? And then, and that is an error too. So I'm not advocating for that. I'm not saying when you're pastors, when you're writing your sermons, you should be most concerned that people are not bored. I'm not saying that. I don't think these things are mutually exclusive. I think when you really understand the message that you're preaching, it will be impossible for you not to make it engaging. Maybe that's another good word. For it. Um, so when I'm thinking about people being on the edge of their seats, I'm thinking they want to know what this text means, right? So we, we have presented it in such a way that, that this text now has value. Uh, not only, you know, so hopefully there's a, there's a, um, yeah, an underlying, um, uh, uh, assumption in the reform world, right? It's the word of God. So the text has value there, but then you've, you've presented in such a way that this particular passage, this particular verse is important for you today to hear right now. Um, and to understand, and you've read it a million times, but maybe you'd never dug into it. And, and now you're convinced by however the preacher presented it, that you need to know this text, right? And you need to understand it. And, and so you're, you're engaged, you're interested. You want to know what it means. You want to know what it means for you, right? How does this apply, apply to my life? Um, so, you know, that's another way to engage people where you, where we can present, present whatever we're about to, to, um, exposit, whatever we're about to, to preach and say, you know, this has significance for you today. And here's why. Um, also another, another great thing to do is just posing questions to people, um, that you don't answer until the end, <laughs> that forces a sort of leaning in, you know, what does this tell us about Jesus? Or don't you want to know why God blank, you know, or don't you want to know why we have trouble doing this? Well, let's look at this text. And then, then you come back to that question. We asked this, well, here's what we've, you know, here's what we've learned. Yeah. So there's so many things we could do that I'm not talking about telling funny stories or anecdotes. Like, yeah, that might get a laugh or something. What can we do to make the biblical text that we are preaching Um, Come alive for for the people. I mean, that's 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 our that's our calling. That's that's our responsibility. It's not just to be um, truth speakers, not just to be logical. Martin Lloyd Jones said, "Logic on fire, right? There's got to be heat and light, both." So I would think that that dynamic
0: that we've been talking about, both of kind of living life and doing life with people and being interested in the things they're interested in, and then an awareness that people are living a story, that every person you are speaking to is living a story, I assume then it, it gives you some framework or some dynamic for recognizing, you know, as visitors come, how do, you, how do you stay reformed? And, you know, when I ask this question to people, we often, and I'm not picking on anybody, but we often say, like, so let me finish the question. We, the question is, how do you stay reformed? in terms of the seriousness and the dynamic of the the deep theology, but also weave in just the narrative of life and culture. How does the pulpit and doing life with people and being aware of just kind of the narrative and story of our lives, how does that help you reach new people, unchurched people, visitors that you don't know much
1: about as you, particularly as you're preaching and teaching? You know, I feel like you kind of answered it there, like it, or the, the answer was in the question. Being informed about what's going on in people's lives or being in their lives is what makes uh, the preaching or, or, or the ministry um, relevant, I guess. So what I mean by that is, you know, if we become so secluded in our studies and we have no idea what's going on in the outside world, we're more likely to uh, become yeah, irrelevant in, in what we're saying. But when you're, when you are kind of, you're, 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 uh, living life with your congregation. That's, you know, such of, so much of your time is spent with other people, um, that you can never forget <laughs> in examining your own soul, I should add, right. You don't forget that we're sinners and that we're sufferers. Um, you're going to, you're going to come to a text and you're going to want that to to come to bear on, on people's lives, right? Because you know what they're going through. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're reformed. It doesn't matter if you're Presbyterian Baptist, it doesn't matter if you're Christian, non-Christian, we are all sinners and we are all sufferers and we're, we're all in the same boat as what, what I'm trying to say. So I, I don't, I guess I don't see the conflict there. Of, you know, how can I keep this reformed? It's if you just make it real. Right. If we're if we're biblical, we're reformed. If we you know just stick with our Bibles uh, and we have our standards, our confessions, that's great. So, we're you know we're not going to de- deviate from that. Let's just keep it real. Also, let's remember what people are dealing with and speak to that. Another thing, this may be kind of going off of that a little bit, but I was just thinking another thing that I I make a point to do is um, to to help me with my sermon prep is, is read fiction when I can read good fiction get back to that story um motif but the uh, other thing is i make a point also to listen to a variety of podcasts podcasts you know i listen to theology podcasts i listen to news podcasts i listen to comedy podcasts and and kind of entertainment ones and sometimes not even just to be entertained but to kind of do some cultural exegesis and just to see what are people saying out there um NPR is perfect for that. <laughs> you know, the stuff they put out, you just listen to this and you're like, okay, this is what we're dealing with right now. Um, it can be, sometimes it's very interesting, but a lot of times, I mean, that's why I'm listening to it. I'm listening to it to hear what what are, what is kind of, um, what's in the water right now. W- without that, I think sometimes my my sermons could fall flat. Not You know, it's not like it's necessary, but I know that there have been times where I have been helped by, oh, you know, I just listened to, so-and-so talk about something that draws out this issue perfectly you know so i can say you know d- did you know that this this politician actually just made a speech about this you know, we think this doesn't matter this is what people are advocating for on capitol hill for example you know um or did you know this actor just made this statement in vanity fair magazine you know the kind of stuff that's like i'm not saying that let's, let's let's all subscribe to vanity fair but it's really important to know that you know, for exa- example, Ellen Page now says that um, she's going to be uh, identified as Elliot Page, and this was the the article that she wrote up. This is what this is what's out there. Because um, pastors need to remember that our people are more likely coming in contact with that stuff at their work, at their school, with their friends than we are going. To, like we kind of have to intentionally step outside of ourselves and say, I'm going to listen to some of this, or I'm going to just to just to be informed to know what they're dealing with, and then th- I think that can bring some uh, relevance and maybe some of that leaning forward from from the pew sitters that we want when we're preaching, because they're saying, yeah, I, I also heard that, and I want to know, how was I supposed to think biblically about that? So,
0: Jonathan, would you have any, let, let's, let's go inside the Christian world for a minute. Do you listen to anybody? Do you read anybody that you would recommend that kind of gets the, what we're talking about? There's lots that have great theology. There's lots that have this and that, do you you have anybody in mind that you either listen to or read that you think really gets the kind of narrative, understanding life, bringing in the sort of cultural dynamic? Uh, And I'm not holding, when I ask you that, if you name somebody, I'm not holding you that they have to have perfect theology. I'm just wondering if you have anybody that you think models that for reform pastors Mm -hmm. that we could, even if we don't take everything they believe or everything they understand. Could we could we learn f- from some either preachers or Christian writers or Christian speakers about how to be more toward people on the edge of their seat in an engaging and interesting, not entertaining way?
1: So um, a couple different things come to mind. Um, I don't know if there's one person who encapsulates everything that we're we're talking about, but a couple different things come to mind. Um, Tim Keller, I think, is 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 gifted with with that, the cultural engagement. Um, I enjoy, I enjoy reading his, you know, making sense of God and, um, reason for God is good, but making sense of God, I think is even more important, uh, in terms of understanding the secular age we live in his book on preaching was helpful too, but, um, I enjoy listening to to his sermons. Um, I'll do that on my bike rides usually, you know, and I'm not listening to, he has some podcasts that they put out Kind of random Keller sermon. so I'm not listening to what I'm preaching on. Like I only hear a Tim Keller. It's just whatever he's preaching on, and then just the stories he brings in. You know, let's earmark that. Let's footnote that. I'm gonna. <laughs> I might use that. And you know, I have. And I have. a, I do have a document I keep. Uh, um. You know, it's pages and pages line of stories, headlines I found, um illustrations, and yeah. You know, so they'll they'll go to that. So he, he's. I think he's winsome in that way. Um, and then Albert Moeller, has a daily podcast called The Briefing. So he's not thinking about preachers and preaching or storytelling. But if you want, you know, 25 minutes on what, what are the major headlines and and how should Christians think about them? I don't think you can get to, you know, go find a better resource. He is, I think he's Baptist persuasions aside, theologically he is as sound as they get. I trust his conclusions. Um, And he he picks, you know, it's like usually like three stories at an episode. He picks important stories. Um, and that is often, often a, a helpful resource in terms of um, kind of uh, f- filling out a sermon with with some uh, things that are going on in the real world that can can bring the message to life or or to light on, on, on a certain subject. So that's another one. I, I listen to him almost every day. Um and then a, a third resource that that comes to mind is um, Dale Van Dyke, who is um, a, a good friend of mine. And uh, he's here in, in Michigan. We're just about 40 minutes away from each other. But he's somebody who's a good conversation partner for me just about the, the art of preaching. And, um, you know, he, he is... I mentioned earlier about the kind of the sin of being boring. I mean, he, that's that's something that he has impressed on me. <laughs> Get, you should ask Dale about that and see <laughs> what he has to say. But another thing that Dale has has also instilled in me is this idea of um, the preacher, something else to make it engaging and bring it to life is that that while there's a, a thus saith the Lord aspect of preaching, I mean, there is. We believe that the The preaching of the word of God is the word of God. Second Helvetic con- uh, um, Confession. The preacher, because he is just a normal guy, should be just as excited about the text as the people he's preaching to. I think, and so Dale, you know, saying like, you want to be kind of down there with them, looking up to the text, like, well, yes, we want to, we want to open this up, we want to extract from this because um, we see this. These are the words of life. He says if your people don't see you doing it, they're not going to do it. So you kind you of get, get down there with them and say, everybody over here, let's, let's look, there's something amazing here. And just that image of kind of the preacher. Yes, he's up in the pulpit and there's that thus saith the Lord, the word coming down. But at the same time, somehow you're blending this preachers also down in the pews with the people looking up to the word, you know? And I thought that's just a beautiful image of how we should um, get the people engaged. It's, we need to be engaged. We need to be excited. And so, um, Yes, Dale's. He's off, um, obviously also a, a superb preacher himself, and I'm sure people would benefit from listening to his sermons. But um, he he teaches preaching, you know, with the MTIOPC, and has written articles on it and stuff like that. So he's he's just a super helpful uh, resource when it comes to thinking about yeah the art of preaching and, and what we're doing. That's
0: great. That's perfect. And then can I can I flip that and say? Um Let's go outside the Christian world. You're talking to a room full of OPC pastors. They kind of, they kind of got what you said about that. You listen to all these podcasts just to kind of keep awareness, and they say, "Hey, I, you know, I, I drive like a half an hour a day, I, but I have no idea what I would pick or what I would subscribe to." And they would look at you and say, "Jonathan, what's the one podcast that will help me just kind of get enlivened in my communication, just about?" getting people engaged and interested and on the edge of their seat. Help me help me catch that a little bit. Oh, the
1: but you added that the one podcast, that's hard to narrow it down. Um, give me a couple, <laughs> give me a couple. People may like to pick from. Okay, I can give you a couple. People can't see, but right now I'm scrolling through my phone to look through all the, the different ones. I... Um, in terms of, yeah, things to kind of fill out um, our understanding of what's going on in the world around us. Radio Lab from NPR probably comes to mind, or this American Life from NPR. And I hope people are who listen are charitable enough to recognize I'm not giving a blanket endorsement of these. I mean, there there are shows on this national public radio, right? I mean it's just it's out there in the areas that that I would not listen to. I would not let my family listen to. So just want to put that disclaimer there. Um, but yeah. This American life, maybe even more particularly radio lab has a little bit more to do with kind of the STEM world. Um, but, but that can, it can get pretty, you know, focused on narrative and, and, and the lives of people, you know, um, but this American life, kind of how it tells stories of just people in the streets and have you, have you listen, yeah, you know All what I'm bringing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Exactly. So that kind of thing is just, it's like, what a, what an interesting exposition on the human condition, these types of shows. And yet, they're missing the the solution, <laughs> you know, they're missing the answer, but they pose a lot of great questions or they, they offer, um, some, some wonderful material, but those would be two that come to mind. Um, just in terms of kind of human interest pieces, pieces that, boy, are they steeped in the secular worldview? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of, it's it, every, every episode, you just hear it. The way the worldview, the, the, the way they phrase their, uh commentary. Uh they bought in hook, line, and sinker, and they don't even realize it for the for the most part. Um so that that can be really eye-opening for us to say, like, wow, this is this is just actually what your average person thinks. This is what they hear, this is what they listen to. And they're not necessarily, you know, the person who comes into the church off the street is not who is not Christian, doesn't have a reform background, anything like that. This is the kind of stuff they're hearing or they're intaking and they're not discerning. Right. That it's just they accept it. this is how the world works, this is how life should be. And so, you know, if we if we want to preach not just to Christians, but, you know, to the uh, unbeliever who's hopefully in, uh, or the, the neighbor who's hopefully come to the church and the unbelievers that we know are there, we need to, I think we need to unpack a little bit of that worldview that is um, so predominant.
0: That's it for today's episode. You can go to the website at outwardopc.com to check out more resources. And you can sign up for our email list where you will receive notifications when new things are available. Until then, we'll see you next episode.